So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. In today's epistle lesson from 1 Corinthians, we get Paul's discourse to the church in Corinth about what love is and what love is not. Paul writes that love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love endures all things. I have a friend who has gone on to be with the Lord who is a Roman Catholic nun, Sister Alice Joseph. She was a teacher at Bishop England High School. And uh, she used to take her seniors on Mondays after particularly festive high school weekends. And she would uh, get one of the seniors to sit up on a stool in the middle of class and read this lesson from 1 Corinthians about love. But they had to insert their name every time the word love appeared. Uh, she did this to keep them humble. It does not take long if you do that to realize how fall how far short we all fall. I can't even get through the first line if I do it with myself. Ken is patient and kind. No, not really. Ken does not envy or boast. Yes, he does. Ken is not arrogant or rude, except when no one's looking. Ken does not insist on his own way, except for most all of the time. Paul concludes this part of his letter by saying, So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So what I want us to talk about today for just a few minutes is these three. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, and love. First, faith. Faith can be defined as belief, trust, and loyalty to God, or belief and trust in the traditional doctrines or teachings of a religion such as Christianity. So friends, our faith is our belief and trust in God and our belief in the doctrine and teaching that has been historically held and historically passed down in the church. The faith of the church, we refer to it as. You've heard that said before, the faith of the church, the traditional and historic teaching and belief of the Christian church. This is what all Christians are called to protect and defend and ultimately to share with the world. What we believe matters. Our doctrine matters. Our faith matters. It's not just a matter of personal opinion. There is a truth that we cling to. I find it interesting in the world that we live in where increasingly People say of religious things, well, you can really believe anything that you want to. It's interesting to me that we don't approach math and science the same way. We don't want our engineers who are building bridges to believe anything they want to about math. We actually trust that they're going to get it right. We don't want our cardiologists to believe anything they want to or feel like about the human Heart, we want them to actually know the science, to have done the study and understand how it works. 
See, what we have been entrusted with in the church matters. Our doctrine matters, and we must always protect it and defend it. It's why we recite the creed at every worship service here at St. John's. It is an affirmation of our faith, the faith of our fathers, the faith of the church passed down from generation to generation. It is a statement to the world of what we believe, a statement of our doctrine. Brothers and sisters, the historic faith matters. Second, Paul says, is hope. And hope is defined as a desire that is accompanied by the expectation or belief in the fulfillment of that desire. See, friends, hoping is not just wishing. When we hope, there is a confident expectation, a trust, a belief that our hope will come to pass. We trust that it will actually happen. And as Christians, friends, we live in hope. We trust in a future that for us has not yet come to pass, but we trust in a future that has been promised and ultimately already accomplished in Christ's life, death, and resurrection. The already and the not yet, some refer to it as. The battle is over, the war is won. We are still here, though, waiting for the time to come for us. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Our faith and our hope. I also think that these three, faith, hope, and love, are manifested in today's gospel lesson from Luke. Look at it with me, if you will, our gospel lesson, which Kay just read to us. This is a famous gospel lesson. It is the transfiguration. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on the mountain to pray. And as Jesus was praying, he is transfigured before them. The appearance of his face and his clothing literally changes before them. And Moses and Elijah, both long dead, appear with Jesus. So we have Moses representing the law, the Ten Commandments brought down to the people, which we heard about in our Exodus lesson today. The historic faith, if you will, of the people of God, the doctrine, the traditions. Moses represents the law, and he also represents the historic faith of the church. Second, we have Elijah representing the prophets, the hope and promise of the coming Messiah, the expectation of a coming Savior. So faith and hope, we have Moses and Elijah representing those. And then ultimately, brothers and sisters, we have Jesus, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, the ultimate manifestation of the Father's love for us as his people. The sending of his only son to be sacrificed on the cross for us and for our sins. Faith, hope, and love. Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. I've never really looked at these two lessons linked together this way, but I do think it's worth uh, thinking about and wrestling with. But friends, make no mistake, Jesus is not just one of three people here in the line. He's not just the third of Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. The transfiguration is nothing if it is not ultimately about God showing forth 
the glory of His only Son, Jesus Christ. True God from true God. See, brothers and sisters, ultimately, Moses and Elijah fall short, just as we fall short. Moses brought down the law, but ultimately, Moses could not keep the law. Jesus himself and Jesus alone lived the perfect and righteous life that has fulfilled the law. Elijah represents the prophets, but Elijah himself lost faith and doubted. Jesus himself is the fulfillment of the promises of the prophets, the hope of the coming of a Messiah. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ is the only Son of the Father, the Chosen One. He is the embodiment of God's faith, hope, and love. His incarnation, His putting on flesh and coming to the world is the perfect and ultimate manifestation of the Father's love for us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ indeed bears all things believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, as Paul writes today. Jesus Christ's perfect love for us and for the world never ends. Jesus Christ alone is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, the fulfillment of God's plan for salvation. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the ultimate manifestation of the Father's love. He is God himself, brothers and sisters, come down, putting on flesh to save us. He is the author and perfecter of our faith, our hope, and of the Father's love, and we belong to him. He is God himself, brothers and sisters, put on flesh, come down to save us, and we belong in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.